I am really excited about today's message on spiritual gifts and especially for you guys to do uh, the spiritual gift survey and kind of figure out what your spiritual gift is. Leaders, we'd love for you to do it too. Even if you know what yours are, it's always cool to, to do it again. Uh, you know what I love? Guess. You see, I do love the Ravens. I do love coffee. And I heard some of it. Oh, I do love my wife. Yes. Um, I love... I love free stuff. I love free stuff. Um, and you know, I like, I like good deals a lot too. Like I'm all into things that have really good deals. I like gifts too. I mean, I love getting gifts. Anything kind of that's free or good deal. You know, in my life, I should say, I feel like I've been way over blessed on free stuff and good deals. I've gotten surfboards for free, kayaks for free, Furniture for free, vacation rentals for free. I've gotten tools for free. It's ridiculous. I feel like sometimes I'm a free magnet. Sometimes I wonder, like, do people feel sorry for me? And they're like, I just want to give this guy free stuff. Um, but I have to say, probably my top free thing ever is this truck. That's a true story. Now, there is a little bit of a story. There's a little story behind it, okay? Uh, it was my dad's truck. My dad bought it uh, in 2004, brand new. And then in 2019, he got a new truck and he gave me this truck. So, you know, you do got to know it, it is, he's taking really good care of it, but it's, uh, it's a little older. So it's a 2004. When I got it, it had right around 200,000 miles on it. It's got like 212,000 now. Um, but man, I, I love my truck. Like there is truly nothing better to me then driving down the road in the summer with the windows down, listening to country music. I like, come on now. I mean, I'm not going to lie. There is truly, not, I feel like the true Lee when I'm doing that. Like, I don't know what the true Lee is, but if that's it, that's it right there. So, um, you know, my dad took really, really good care of the truck. That's why it's a 2004. Looks really nice, taking really good care of it. And I try to do the same myself. But the one thing, I do have a little bit of country in me, so I couldn't help myself. So I did lift it up and put some bigger tires on it than when it came, right? I can't, I can't help myself. I've got a little country in me. Uh, and you know, but you know the one thing that I've learned about this truck is that, as you know, as I said, is a gift from my parents and I believe also from the Lord. James says that all good gifts are from the Father above. So I believe that God uses people to bless other people. And so from that, I've realized this gift of a truck is meant to be used for his glory. And you can be like, man, that sounds, you're trying to make something super spiritual. No, I'm really not. And for me, using it for his glory has always meant using it to serve and help people. There's one thing that everybody wants to have, and that is a friend that has a truck, right? There's always some point in life where you're like, I need help. Because I need a truck, I need to be able to move something. And so I can tell you almost every time someone asks me, can, uh, can you help me out with your truck? I try to say yes almost every time because I believe that it was a gift that God had given me and now I need to be, use it to help other people. It's not just about me keeping it to myself, having nothing happen to it. And so I have to tell you a funny story. I'm a love, I told you that, that I love this truck and like I, I clean it, I, I keep it nice looking and um, I let someone borrow it one time. And typically, I'll drive it to help people, but I let someone borrow it. And so this truck's a 2004. It barely has almost any scratches on it, nothing wrong with it. And I let someone borrow it, and they backed into something in it. And so now it's got this huge dent in the bumper. And so in my mind, I was like, you know what? 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get this fixed or whatever. And you know what I realized is, for a long time, I just, I just didn't get it fixed. And then now, every time I look at that dent, you know what it reminds me of? This is a gift that God gave me to use for other people. I'm keeping the dent there. I don't even care because it shows me that it's not about me, it's about God's glory. And so, I think that spiritual, our spiritual gifts are actually a lot like my truck. They were given to us by God to be used for his glory to serve other people. So here is today's tagline. Discover your spiritual gifts from God so that you can engage your spiritual gift to serve people. Now, we're doing something a little different today. You've got to fill in the blank sheet in front of you. Don't typically do that. But I wanted you to be able to write these things down because you're going to get a lot of stuff today. And I think you're going to want to take some of this home and re-look at it and have it before you. So there's fill in the blank there. And that first fill in the blank is today's main point. Discover your spiritual gifts from God so that you can engage your spiritual gift to serve people. Now I am going to, uh, I'm going to keep rolling through today because my message is only going to be about 25 minutes long because we're going to give you about 25 minutes to be able to do the spiritual gift survey, explain it to you. And at the end of today, we're not only, we, we just have thought a lot about this. We actually started planning this probably a month or two ago. We really don't want it to just be like, hey, what's your spiritual gift? We want to actually go, here's some ways that you can use your spiritual gift to serve in this church. So again, excited today. This is what Peter says, and this is really where uh, this, the idea of the tagline, your spiritual gift, you being using discover God so you can engage people with it, it comes from 1 Peter 4.10. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. That is the purpose of our spiritual gifts, that we use them to serve other people. God has given them to us by his grace. Now, um, I think if, if, if I try to get a picture of where I think some, where this group might be, I think that uh, a lot of us don't know about spiritual gifts. We've maybe never even heard of them. We kind of heard of them. We're like, what is that? Or you don't know what yours is. And so you don't really believe that you have a place to serve. You're just sort of like in your mind, you're like, well, there's like the, the special people that they know what their gift is or they have some reason to serve and so they have a place and a purpose to serve. So what do you do if you don't know? Well, you kind of, you come to church and you have a good time. You, you want to spend time around your Christian friends and you want to learn about God and you want to worship him, which are all great things and really good and true things. But you never believe or feel like you have a reason, a purpose, or a way to serve the church. You believe that serving And having a a place is really just for those that clearly have a purpose. But what if, what if instead, once you know your spiritual gift that was given to you specifically by God for a purpose, and you were then empowered to use it for God's glory and find your fulfillment in the local church, what if it could be that? Like, I hope all of a sudden the idea of being a part of a local church, of one of the called out ones we talked about in the first part of this series— I think all of a sudden, if you had that idea, it would change the way you view yourself and the church. So today I want to, I want to talk about where do spiritual gifts come from in the Bible and kind of explain each one to you. And then after that, like I said, we're going to take a spiritual gift survey, find out what our spiritual gifts are, and then talk about how can we directly get plugged in. So 
Before I go right to the spiritual gifts, here's what I want to do. I want to give you a definition of what a spiritual gift is, uh, and then I want to kind of talk to you about some foundations of all the spiritual gifts to help you make sense of it. So here is the definition of a spiritual gift. Now, all of these were taken from a book that we did in Freshman Fellowship called Jesus on Leadership by a man named Gene, uh, Gene Wilkes. I, I realized that like this guy said it way better than me, so why even try to make anything up? Spiritual gifts are an expression of the Holy Spirit in the lives of believers that empowers them to serve the mission of God as the body of Christ, which is the church. That was from Jesus' Own Leadership by Gene Wilkes. It is an expression of the Holy Spirit in the lives of believers that empowers them to serve the mission of God as the body of Christ, which is the church. So let's break, let's break this down. Actually, you know what? Before we break that down, let me pray. Lord, I'm excited to talk about this, about our spiritual gifts, because God, it's, it's really cool to, to realize you have uniquely given each of us spiritual gifts to serve your body. And Lord, I, I want to pray for, for those sitting here today that think, I don't even have a purpose. I don't even know what it is. How can I serve the body? That God, today they will walk away realizing that you have given them gifts to serve and have a purpose. And Lord, for those I hear that maybe already know their gifts, that they will be encouraged today and how they can use them. And God, ultimately, the, the purpose of the spiritual gifts is to bring you glory. And so God, I pray that's what you get today. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's break this definition down a little bit. First thing in breaking it down is spiritual gifts are given to followers of Jesus only. Spiritual gifts are given to followers of Jesus only. Try to give you a verse. I'm going to give you a verse for each one of these so you know that it's not just Lee making it up, but it's what God's word says. There's, a, there's four different places in the Bible that talk about spiritual gifts specifically. So Ephesians 4, 11 through 12 says, and he gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So it says these different spiritual gifts are given to the saints. Saints there are the called out ones, the ones that have placed their faith in Jesus Christ, been made holy by the blood of Jesus. It is the spiritual gifts are only for those that have placed their faith in Jesus Christ. And they are meant for the building up of the body of Christ. What's the body of Christ made up of? Followers of Jesus. So basis of it is that spiritual gifts are given to followers of Jesus only. Now, some of you that maybe know about the spiritual gifts or when you learn about them just a little bit, you're gonna go, well, some of these seem like those are what non-believers could have, people that aren't Christians. So what do we do with that? So the question would be, can a non-believer have a characteristic like teaching? This says one of the gifts is teach for teachers. Yeah, could a non-Christian have the characteristic teaching? Yes, but it will not be divinely given by God at salvation, nor will it be for the spiritual building up of the body of Christ. So there's gonna be, there's gonna be some of the gifts that would make no sense for a non-Christian to have. There's gonna be other gifts that would seem like, yeah, non-Christian could have this, True, they could be a great teacher, but it won't be divinely given by God for the use of building up church. Okay, second is spiritual gifts are given by the Holy Spirit. They're given by the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. That manifestation, manifesting, manifesting itself, the Spirit working through us 
So each of us is given the spiritual gifts so that we can manifest the spirit for the common good. So these, the spiritual gifts, oh, let me go to the next one because it'll help us under, next two. So the next one is spiritual gifts are received at salvation. So you're not born, physical birth, natural birth, you're not born with spiritual gifts. No, they are given at salvation. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says, for in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. That word baptized there is not talking about a water baptism. It's talking about the spirit baptism. The spirit baptism happens at salvation when you believe in Jesus. The Holy Spirit now comes in, immerses himself in you. And it is at that moment that God divinely gives you the spiritual gifts. So for in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, the one body, the body of Christ, the church. Jews are Greek, slaves are free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. So this is the Holy Spirit, the one that immerses himself in us. We are immersed over in the Holy Spirit and we receive our spiritual gifts. Third, spiritual gifts can't be uh, chosen by, produced, or earned by you. They can't be chosen, produced, or earned by you. 1 Corinthians 12, 11 says, all these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So we can't look at other people and say, I wish I had that gift. How do I get that gift? Let me help work that gift up. You can't do that. God's word tells us that the spirit apportioned or portioned out to each person individually as he willed. The spirit was the one that decided which spiritual gifts you would receive and in what level, level is a weird word, and what way you would get it, okay? So what spiritual gift? So they can't be produced on your own, but as you learn what spiritual gift you have, it can be cultivated and it can be grown and what that looks like. So spiritual gifts do not equal your level of spiritual maturity. Ephesians 4, 7 says, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. So what, what I mean by it doesn't determine your level of spiritual maturity is what happens many times with the spiritual gifts are, and Sterling talked about this last week and did a great job helping us understand that we all have a part in the body of Christ, which absolutely set up for us to talk about how each of us has spiritual gifts and what they are. So the reason spiritual, uh, your spiritual gift does not equal your level of maturity is because what happens is a lot of times the people that are on stage are sometimes seen as the ones that are the most spiritually mature because they're seen more often or if it's leadership or teaching. No, just whatever gift you have does not equal any level of maturity. They were all given by God in the accordance that he wanted to give them and they're all on equal footing and they're all meant to serve the body. That's the whole point. So your spiritual gift does not equal your level of maturity. Next is this. Spiritual gifts are every believer has at least one. Every believer has at least one. 1 Peter 4.10 says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. So it is clear that every believer, every person that has placed their faith in Jesus Christ has a spiritual gift, at least one. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. So every believer has at least one gift. Next, spiritual gifts are the reality that no believer has them all. 
Why? How do we understand this? Well, if we look at 1 Corinthians 12, 12 18 through 20, where uh, Paul is talking about kind of this idea of one body, many parts, he's saying that there is many parts. We're not all the body. We all create the body. So we don't all have every gift. If you did, you would be a church in and of yourself, which would be a scary place. That's why we need each other. You know, it's cool actually that we don't all have, as I was kind of thinking through the gifts, it just naturally came into mind. I'm like, oh, I think, you know, this person probably has this, uh, I see it in them, this person has this gift. And it's cool because, you know, there's some gifts that probably honestly challenge some of my gifts in a good way. When I say challenge, they kind of rub, they kind of sand some of my own weaknesses down or some things that I go against. And there's other people that my gift helps kind of grow and encourage them. So the reality is that we don't all have them and it helps us learn we all need to work together in the body and all of the gifts are needed. Spiritual gifts are for building up the church. That is the purpose of the spiritual gifts. And he gave them apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ. That is the purpose of the spiritual gifts, to build up the body of Christ and to then, as we build up the body of Christ, the church, the body of Christ is sent out on mission with God. That is the sole purpose of the spiritual gifts. They're not to prop ourselves up. They're not to make ourselves feel better. I'm going to get to that in just a minute, even more of that. But the reality is, I just want you to know the purpose of the spiritual gifts is to build up the body of Christ. Next, spiritual gifts are never for your own glory. Spiritual gifts, and lastly, are never for your own glory. Romans 12, 3 says, For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Now, I think this verse actually hits two things. Hits two things. It hits, one, some of you that will go, man, I have this spiritual gift. That kind of makes me somehow more important in God's kingdom. And Paul is calling out that person in the, to the letter to those in Rome and to us, and he's saying, think of yourself with sober judgment, clear judgment. No gift is better than the other. All are meant to serve the body of Christ. And he's actually also, I think he's calling out the person that has this false humility that says, my gift isn't good enough. My gift isn't like so-and-so's. And Paul's calling them out to say, God gave it to you as he apportioned as he willed for his purpose. So think of yourself in sober and right judgment with the measure of faith that God has assigned. I thought this was, uh, this is from the from Blue Letter Bible. It said this, each believer is to function in Christ's body by God's enablement, proportionate to the gift or the spiritual ability bestowed on him, no more and no less. No more and no less. God has given to you as he wills. He desires for you to use it for his glory. No more and no less. God knows what he is doing when he gives you your spiritual gifts that he chooses. He knows the best fit for us. Therefore, there is no basis for complaining about the gift you received or didn't receive, nor is there room for boasting about the gift that you received. Instead, lean into God's gift for you, for his glory, as you build it, use it to build up the church. When you're focused on using your gift for glorifying God and building up the church, your mind will be in the right place and your gift is used as God desires it to. So, lay the foundation 
of the spiritual gifts, what they're all about, what the purpose is, the do's and don'ts of them. And now what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through all four sections of scripture because I want you to see where they are in scripture and we're going to identify what the gifts are. I'm going to give a quick definition of each gift and it's going to be on your paper so you can have it when you do it later to refer back to it. And uh, then I'm going to talk about a couple of things and then we're going to take the survey. So here we go. Romans 12, 6 through 8 says, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them if prophecy in proportion to our faith Some of you are going to be like, prophecy, the Old Testament prophets, they told the future. What does that mean? We'll talk about that. Uh, If service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes or gives in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So let's look at it. Let's look at the gifts that were given there. So Romans 12, 6 through 8, the gifts that were given were prophecy, Service, teaching, exhortation, giving, leading, and mercy. Okay, that was Romans 12. Here's a cool way to always remember where the spiritual gifts are. Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12. Ephesians 4 and 1 Peter 4. I'm like, thank you, God. That made it really easy on us. So we can always remember. It's Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, and 1 Peter 4. So next up, 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. says, for... To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of the speaking of knowledge according to the same Spirit. Remember, it's going back and saying it is the Holy Spirit, the one and only Holy Spirit, that gives his gift to you. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits, or we'll call that discernment to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. Okay, let's look and see what gifts were given there. Wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, ability to distinguish spirits, tongues, and the ability to interpretation of the tongues. Okay, let's go to second part of 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, A little bit later in the chapter, it says, "...in God appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles." the gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. So in the second part of 1 Corinthians 12, we got apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, healing, helping, administration, and tongue. Administrating in tongues. Okay, now we're going on to uh, Ephesians 4, 11 through 12 says this, and, the, and he gave the apostles and the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, teachers, and to equip the saints for the work of ministry for the building up of the body of Christ. So there we had apostles, prophets, uh, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. And then lastly, a lot of verse, verses. Here we go. 1 Peter 4, 9 through 11. It says, Show hospitality to one, one another without grumbling, as each has received the gift. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks the oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength, that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through the Holy Spirit. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So our last piece there, the gifts were speaking, serving, and hospitality. Okay, so there is where the spiritual gifts are given in Scripture. Now here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a definition of each one of these. And I, I take no credit for these definitions. Again, this is from the book, Jesus on Leadership, these were the truly, I think, the best definitions of the spiritual gifts that I've ever, 
I've ever seen. So I said, it would make more sense for me to give you these and give credit to the right person. So leadership. Leadership is this. Found in Romans 12.8. Leadership aids the body of Christ by leading and directing members to accomplish the goals and purposes of the church. Leadership motivates people to work together in unity toward a common goal. Next up, administration, 1 Corinthians 12, 28. Those that have administration uh, leads the body by steering others to remain on task and enables the body to organize according to God-given purposes and long-term goals. I'm not going to go through each one of these and tell you a person that does this, but many of you will know the name Donna Padroni, okay? Donna Padroni is one of our administrative assistants. Literally, I'm like, there is no better person to give this. If anything goes well in the student ministry, it's because Donna tells me six months prior, you should be thinking about this because it's two years in advance. I'm like, thank you, Jesus, for that person. So administration. I am thankful for administration because it is not one of my gifts. Next up, teaching. Found in Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, and Ephesians 4. Teaching is instructing members in truths and doctrines of God's word for the purposes of building up, unifying, and maturing the body. The teaching. Uh, some of you, it'll be interesting when you take the spiritual gifts test, you'll be really surprised to be like, wow, I didn't know. I have the gift of teaching. And as you answer some of these questions, because it'll help you figure it out. And um, that'll be cool. For many of you, you're like, that's going to be weird if I had that gift because I've never really taught. And that's okay. God gave you that gift. He will continue to move and work that in you. So that's teaching. Next up is knowledge found in 1 Corinthians 12. Knowledge manifests itself in teaching and training in discipleship. It is the God-given ability to learn, know, and explain the precious truths of God's word. A word of knowledge is a spirit-revealed truth. So knowledge is this special ability to be able to, by the spirit, take truths from God's scripture and deliver them in a way that people can understand it. Next one up, wisdom. Wisdom discerns the work of the Holy Spirit in the body of Christ and applies his teaching and actions to the needs of the body. So the key word there in wisdom is discerns, discern, discernment, the ability to, to understand what the Spirit is doing in the midst of a local church, in the big C church, and, and see where God is moving and take that teaching and apply it towards action in the body. Some people just have a way of seeing what God's doing and discerning and, and moving forward in that way. Next one, I've talked about this before. Prophecy. Found in Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, and Ephesians 4. Prophecy is boldly proclaiming the word of God. This builds up the body and leads to conviction of sin. Prophecy manifests itself in preaching and teaching. Uh, if any of you remember, uh, some of you will, it's, it's been a few years now, but the person that I always think of that has the gift of prophecy is Bob Scholl. Bob Scholl has the gift of prophecy. Uh, he is awesome, just that boldly proclaiming God's word that leads to a right and good conviction of sin. Now that could be, again, preaching and teaching. It could just be prophecy in the way that you're just, God's giving you a gift of even just how you talk to people, that you're able to boldly proclaim God's word as you talk to them. Next up, discernment slash distinguishing between spirits. So this is a little different than wisdom, and it's this, it's found in 1 Corinthians 12. It's recognizing recognizes true intentions of those within or related to the body of Christ. Discernment tests the methods and actions of others for the protection and well-being of the body. So the person that distinguishes between spirits, it's just they're able to 
again, because it's spirit-given, they're able to have this spiritual way of, of kind of understanding what are people's true intentions of why and what they are doing. Next up is exhortation, found in Romans 12. Exhortation encourages members to be involved in and enthusiastic about the work of the Lord. Members with this gift are good counselors and motivate others to service. This exhibits itself in preaching, teaching, and, and ministry. So exhortation, people that are just able to, they have a special gift about motivating people towards a goal and going towards, going towards it and what God is doing in the church. Next up, shepherding and pastoring. Shepherding and pastoring manifested in people who look out for the spiritual welfare of others. Although pastors like shepherds care for the members of the church, this gift is not limited to pastors or staff members. Because some people could read this and be like, well, if, I'm not, I don't work, if I don't work at a church, I'm not a pastor, then I don't have this gift. No, this, this gift is given to many followers of Christ, and it's this, it's this, they have this shepherding nature to them, that they care for the people, that they see a flock that they are moved to care for. Next up is faith. I, I think I've always love the gift of faith because I don't really have it, and I love seeing it in people that have it. Faith is trust God to work beyond human capabilities and encourage others to trust in God in the face of apparently insurmountable odds. It's not that I don't have any faith, but you know, you know when you've been around someone that has the gift of faith, because they're just like, they believe like God is going to do something. God has a plan here. They just have this, again, spiritually given ability to have faith in circumstances when many of us would go, I just don't see what God's going to do here. So faith, uh, evangelism. By the way, if you have to get to faith, it doesn't mean I like you anymore, okay? Just so you know that. I just want to put that out there. Um, I like everybody, usually. Uh, evangel- uh, evangelism leads others to Christ effectively and enthusiastically. This gift builds up the body by adding new members to its fellowship. And look, I know that I could go around and I could probably somewhat get close to pointing to almost all of you, to know what your, all you leaders, to know what your gift is. So when I share about different leaders, this isn't to make anybody feel better or worse, but the person that I know has the gift of evangelism is Mark Johnstone. Mark Johnstone has the gift of evangelism. That dude just walks up to someone and they're like, I don't, they don't say it, but it's like, they're just like, will you tell me about Jesus? I think I want to accept him. Like that is just the spirit given gift of evangelism. I just remember one time, I don't even know what it was. I feel like it was like after a spring cleaner or a first fruits. I go, I'm like leaving here. Mark's in the front classroom talking to someone. He calls me later. He's like, yeah, that person believed in Jesus today. I'm like, dude, you have the gift of evangelism. Spiritual giving, gift of evangelism. Next up is this, apostleship. The church sends apostles from the body to plant churches or be missionaries. Apostles motivate the body to look beyond the walls in order to carry out the great commission. Pretty cool. God spiritually just gives some people this, this desire to plant churches or to go out uh, and be, to be missionaries, which is really cool. Next up, service and helps. Service helps. Recognize practical needs within the body and joyfully give assistance to meeting those needs. Those within this gift don't mind working behind the scene. Next up, mercy. Another one that I don't think I really have, and if you've been around someone that does, you know that they have it. Mercy, Romans 12, 8. Found in Romans 12, 8 is cheerful acts of compassion characterize people with the gift of mercy through aiding the body with empathizing with hurting members. They keep the body healthy and unified by keeping others aware of needs in the church. People with the gift of mercy, they just, they have, again, this, it's cool because it's just this spirit-given compassion towards people. God just gives them that. They, they want to help care. They see the people that are hurting in the body. 
We got two more. Next one is giving. Giving, contributing. People that have the gift of giving give freely and joyfully to the work and mission of the body. Cheerfulness and liberality are characteristics of individuals with this gift. Now, individuals with this gift will frustrate other people sometimes because some other people will be like, but we should save and we should, we should do, you know, we should just, and again, there's nothing wrong with saving and the person that has the gift of giving, you know, there's a good rubbing off that's going to happen there with other people that aren't exactly like them. But the person that has the gift of giving, it is just, it's within them. The spirit gives them this desire, man, I want to, whether it's my money, it's my time, they just had the spirit given desire to give towards the mission of the body. And then lastly, hospitality. Hospitality, 1 Peter 4, 9, is the ability to make visitors, guests, and strangers feel at ease. They often use their homes to entertain guests. Those with this gift integrate new members into the body of Christ. So there is the spiritual gifts uh, with a short definition of each of them. I want to talk about a couple things to help uh, give some right perspective here. So one question I was trying to think that you might have is, well, how did we get these gifts and why not others? Like, why isn't there more? There seems like there could be other gifts out there. And uh, it is that the reason for that is we look at 1 Timothy 3.16 says that God's word is God-breathed, that God literally breathed his words out through the writers of scripture. So ultimately, we trust that God told the writers of scripture, which would be Peter and Paul for these spiritual gifts, that those were the ones that he wanted to give. So that's why. Is there clearly other gifts that they're not spiritual gifts, but other gifts, personality traits, characteristics that people have that are Christians? Absolutely. But these are the gifts that are defined within Scripture as they were moved by the Spirit to write them, and it is now the Spirit that gives them to us. Now, you may have noticed that there were some gifts that I left out of that list that we talked about. Some of, uh, some of you may have noticed, and if you didn't, that's okay. The few of the gifts that I left off are what we call the miracle gifts. And here's what I'm going to tell you about the miracle gifts. I was going to talk about them today, but then I realized there is no way I could do justice to talking about the miracle gifts. The miracle gifts are found in 1 Corinthians 12.10. They are miracles, healing, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Okay? I'm going to, what I'm going to do is this week, I'm going to record a video. I'm going to talk about the four different views of the the gifts of the miracle. We will send it out to you. You can watch it. Uh, It's not because I didn't want to talk about it from stage. It's just because I wanted to give it the right... Uh, time and, and diligence to it and realize that there's no way I would be able to talk about it in a right way here. And within this group sitting right here, there is different views and opinions. Within RBC, there is different views and opinions on the miracle gifts. So I'm going to tell you what I think the four views of them are that are out there right now. And the views p- typically are whether have they stopped or they, do they continue on. And then I, will, I don't mind in the video giving you my thoughts on them. So Uh, just so that some of you that were like, why did you not talk about a couple of those gifts in there? I will. We'll send a video out. And uh, lastly, to kind of wrap things up here, as I rolled through that was this. You're going to find that not every gift has a specific position within the church. But I'll tell you where every, and I mean every gift, can be lived out. It is within the context of a small group. Every single gift can be lived out within the context of a small group. Because what's going to happen is some of you are going to take the spiritual gift test, and then you're going to look at the sheet we made that says, here's some ways that you can use your gift and be involved. And you're going to go, but my gift doesn't seem like it can be used anywhere, really. And what I can tell you is, in your small group, 
every single gift can be used there. So be patient. Allow God to kind of tell you and move where you go and realize sometimes your gift isn't going to have a specific position, and that's totally okay. You can live that out within the context of your small group. So just want to end here and say this. Discover your spiritual gift from God so that you can engage your spiritual gift to serve people. So there is a extremely fast message on these spiritual gifts. And what's going to happen is Christina is going to come up here and she's going to talk to you about the spiritual gift survey, um, how to take it, what it's all about. And then we're going to do that and, and continue on. So come on, Christina. Okay. We're going to get into a spiritual gift survey. You might have heard the word test, spiritual gifts test. I'm not calling it a test right now because we're not grading you. So if anyone does not like taking tests, don't worry. No one's going to see this but you. It really is a time for you to get a little introspective and try to figure out, like, how did God make me? What gift has he given me if I've chosen to believe in Jesus Christ? So everyone should have a spiritual gifts test. If you don't, can you guys please raise your hand so that extras at other tables can be passed around? So this is possibly the best application that a message could ever give because we just talked about spiritual gifts and now we're giving you guys a piece of paper and saying, hey, go find yours. Um, So you're going to look through the, I said test again. Sorry, guys, it's not a test, it's a survey. You're gonna be going through this survey and you're gonna list a number from one to five. Five means this is definitely me. One is like, this is definitely not me. Now my encouragement to you guys would not be like reading a question and thinking about it for five minutes and be like, well, this one time I helped someone out, so I must have giving. But then this other time I was definitely greedy. Don't get so deep into it. Just like the answer that comes out like, yeah, I'm a giving person, four or three or five. Just whatever comes first, first write it down. Then when you're done with all of the um, different taglines that describe who you are, you're gonna flip over the paper and it's gonna say like leadership, Add item six plus 16. And you're going to have to do a lot of flipping to say, oh, I put five on six, I put three on 16. You're going to add up all those numbers. Then at the end, there's a little graph. And you're going to graph them. And you're going to figure out which is what you've ranked highest in. And then you'll write that down. Does that make sense? Okay. Thank you to the, thank you guys. Yes. Okay. You guys have 20 minutes to do this. And it's time so you guys don't spend too much time overthinking everything and overanalyzing. You'll get it done in 20 minutes. It'll all be good. All right, 20 minutes. Go spend this time with the Lord and figure it out. Okay, so last week Sterling talked about how we all have a place. We all belong. And now this is just confirmation that the Lord actually like wants you in his church. And he's actually giving you a job and a role and a gift and how to use that. So what we want to help you guys with is like, okay, great. Now I have this gift of administration. What does that mean for me? But we had said earlier, and this is true, that in your small group, you can use all of these gifts. Seriously, every single one. If you don't see a role that can be filled with the gift that you have, make one. There you go. That's it. But I want to talk about ministries here that we have RBC, at RBC that can help you in discovering more of your spiritual gift, using it, and applying it to what we have going on. So, Everyone should have a sheet that is multicolored that says ways to serve at Reston Bible Church. The left side, the one that's red and orange, is in the youth ministry. So this is here in the senior high ministry and in the junior high ministry, ways that you can serve and use your gift. The one on the right side that's more of like the yellow and orange different boxes, 
are a few different ministries. They're not every ministry, but there are a few different ministries that students have served with in the past that still need volunteers and still use your help. Now I'm going to pull up a slide uh, that says, how do you use your spiritual gift at RBC? Every leader should have one of these sheets um, in their folder. It looks like this. Yeah. And you student, if you guys want, you can take a picture of it. So I kind of organize this in a way that it's going to match the order on your test. So the first one's leadership, administration, teaching, so on and so forth. You will see, for example, that freshman fellowship is almost in every single one of these gifts. And I'm a, for one of these gifts. And the reason is because there's a lot of different avenues that you can use these gifts in freshman fellowship. Something you might not see that with would be like the RBC Garden. It has more of like a niche in how they serve the community. That would be a great for service and helps or people who have the gift of mercy. But this doesn't, this doesn't mean that, say, if you wanted to do freshman fellowship next year, you had to have all of these gifts. If you had one and you thought it'd be cool to serve in freshman fellowship, yeah, go for it. Also, if you want to serve in a ministry or be a part of something that, you know, your spiritual gift doesn't really seem to correlate with, like, just go for it. They're not going to ask you, so do you have mercy or else you can't serve? Like, just be there and show up and see and start to discover more of your gifts and how God has created you to serve. So this might help you guys in looking at this sheet. Like, for example, apostleship, we didn't actually give that a ministry. So if that's something that you are gifted at, according to this test, apostleship, we wrote build a new ministry. Come to us and be like, hey, I think there's a need here in the senior high ministry for X, Y, and Z. We actually heard a story once about a uh, student who was really gifted at cooking. And he was like, well, there's no cooking ministry in the youth ministry. So he started cooking for all of the events and pizzas were thrown out the window for youth ministry. That didn't happen here. It was written in a book by Doug Fields. But if you have something like that and you want to serve in a new way and you're gifted in starting something new, apostleship, come to us and be like, hey, this would be really cool. And we'll help you guys with that. So this is just to kickstart you guys. And now it's in your hands. You want to go do it? You want to go be a part of the church? You want to go serve? Go for it. Here's all the information. Who do you contact? How do you get plugged in? Yes, you will have to email an adult. It will be okay. We are here to help you and help you guys. If you guys have any questions, you guys can talk to Lee, me, or Sterling. If you guys see any gaps in the youth ministry that you want to fill, let us know. <laughs> Gap. Um, and if you guys just want to be here to serve, you're still figuring out your spiritual gifts, but you want to be available, let us know too, and we'll plug you in. So there you go. That's how to actively use your spiritual gifts here. And now we would love to end this time in a time of worship. And I want you guys just to like get into prayer with the Lord. Start asking him, how have you made me? And where do you want me in your church?